Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Whitfield Report Thursday edition. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, recording live from NGC Studios here in South Florida. And I want to thank you so very much for joining us here uh, today in the past, present, future hour. Whenever you may be hearing this, and uh, most likely you're actually listening to this on Friday. So what am I saying? Uh, it's not live at all, but I'm still recording it. Um, at any rate, thank you for uh, joining me. And uh, thank you for tuning into the podcast and uh, continuing just to support the show in general. I really appreciate it, as always. Uh, Let's get to uh, social media real quick. As always, you can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at somedebrew underscore NGC. Gab and Minds at Sam Whitfield. Facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report. Uh, youtube.com forward slash the Whitfield Report, which is where you can find the uh, live streaming broadcasts that are on Saturday night. Uh, obviously, the Thursday show is more or less an audio exclusive. So, um, you know, welcome to the uh, audio podcast feed. And uh, if you are so inclined, please leave the uh, podcast, the Whitfield Report audio podcast, a uh, five-star rating there on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you uh, listen to your podcasts. And I really appreciate that as well. And uh, just thanks for being an awesome, uh, you know, listener. Thank you for being a part of of uh, Sam's Savages and whatnot. So uh, anyway, I uh, I guess a lot of you guys are expecting me to talk about the Democrat debates, right? Well, wrong. We're not going to talk about the Dem debates uh, for this podcast, not on the Thursday podcast, at least. And uh, I've explained in the past that I really don't have any interest in uh, watching the Dem debates at this point, uh, just because there are still so many of the Dems in the field that, like, it's it's impossible to tell you know who's going to come out on on top um i mean they're all so far to the left and i mean i know that tulsi is kind of the only reasonable one here at this point but even she you know seems pretty far to the left on a lot of uh you know things in terms of social policy and economic policy, she's just more rational than the rest of the uh, Dems in the field, which I will give her credit for. But, uh, you know, and she wasn't even in this debate tonight from what I've heard. So, uh, you know, it's not relevant. It it wasn't worth watching. I'll, I'll watch the highlights, you know, as I... Uh, compile and get ready for Saturday's show, but you know, really at this point, there's uh, there's nothing for me to uh, talk about, folks. But what I do want to talk with you about uh, 
for this podcast, folks, for the Thursday podcast, which, you know, granted, like I said, you'll probably be hearing this on uh, Thursday, on uh, Friday when all is said and done. Uh, but nonetheless, I, uh, I want to review uh, Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr's Netflix specials. It'll be non-spoiler, so don't worry um, for those of you who haven't seen them yet. Although at this point, you know, Chappelle's has been out like for what, two or three weeks now? And, uh, you know, Burr's has been out since Tuesday. So, uh, you know, like I'll, I'll give people leniency on the Bill Burr one a little bit since it's still, you know... It came out on Tuesday and people were working during the week or, you know, they had school or whatever. So if you haven't seen the Bill Burr, I'll, I'll give you guys a little more leniency on that. But by now, everyone should have seen uh, Dave Chappelle's new Netflix special. So we'll be talking about the two specials and kind of the state of stand-up comedy uh, in general. And then... I kind of want to address some uh, changes I've made uh, in terms of the podcast just in general. They're not really changes that I've made, but it's more of like something that people have, you know, asked me online and on social media that I, that I want to uh, address. And it will actually tie in to the uh, comedy thing a bit. But uh, let me just start off by saying this. So the politics and the comedy and the show, it'll all tie together uh, tonight, folks. Mark my words on that. But uh, anyway, first off, I have to admit that I I was never like a big Dave Chappelle uh, fan prior to, I think it was either last year or, uh, you know, the year before when he, when he released those two other specials on, on Netflix. And uh, granted... That was mostly because, in all reality, like, I hadn't, you know, heard much of Chappelle's stuff when I when I was growing up. I, I knew of the existence of, obviously, the uh, Chappelle show on Colony Central, but, like, I had never watched it, and none of my friends, you know, were really, like, big... Chappelle show watchers so it just never came up but um you know a- around two years ago when um you know Dave did his two specials on Netflix I watched him because I, I-, I had heard his name and uh you know I, I have to say that I'm I'm a fan now of his comedy just in general. He's arguably one of the best in the business, if not the best, uh, you know, out there in comedy right now. I think that's, you know, pretty clear at this point. 
And uh, it's hard to deny. I mean, even Norm MacDonald uh, tweeted out recently that, uh, you know, Chappelle is objectively one of the best in the business and that, you know, new and upcoming comics should really study him. And uh, as a non-comedian slash comedy enthusiast, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, especially the uh, the new special he just came out with, uh, you know, Sticks and Stones. That is a uh, must-see special in, uh, you know, 2019. And, uh, you know, going forward, that's a special that every aspiring comic slash colony enthusiast will need to see the backlash uh against dave chappelle's special from the media and this is especially what i want to uh address here um you know folks for any of you who are still wondering you know you might be on the laughter you know, a mo- like a moderate left Democrat. If if you're still wondering in 2019 how anyone could have voted for, uh, you know, Donald Trump, just look at the uh, at the Rotten Tomatoes reviews for Dave Chappelle's special. And I mean, don't just look at the tomato meter, but look at like a few of the actual reviews that were written, you know, from these quote unquote entertainment blogs. And then look at the audience, you know, score on Netflix. The first week that Chappelle's special was out, his uh, special had a literal 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. His, uh, you know, according to the critics, his special did worse among critics than fucking Batman and Robin, which is one of the worst, you know, superheroes, superhero movies slash movies, period, ever to, ma- to be made. You know, but the... The movie reviewing establishment somehow somehow labeled, you know, uh, Dave Chappelle's special worse than, uh, you know, fucking Batman and Robin. Uh, the audience score, however, was like a 99. And it was, it was like... Really telling what the, you know, quote-unquote professional movie critics, like for Vice and for, uh, you know, Salon and for Vulture and for all these, you know, like entertainment and uh, popular culture publications were saying about Chappelle's... It's making It's making fun of, you know, child molestation. It's, you know... It's making fun of, um, it's making fun of transgender people, Dave Chappelle. 
Dave Chappelle is basically like a conservative and, you know, he's, he's, he's black. He's advocating for like white supremacy and, uh, you know, Chappelle at the beginning of the special. So I guess we are venturing into spoiler territory. Chappelle at the beginning of the special, uh, does a bit where, uh, he basically does an impression and he says, I'm going to do an impression and uh, I want you guys to see if you can guess who it is. He does the impression and he does the, Dur, if any of you do anything dur, that I don't like, dur, 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 I'm going to uh, ruin you, and I'm going to dig into your past and, uh, you know, find stuff, and I'm going to ruin you. And he asks, now, who am I doing? And the audience all goes, like the fucking sheep that they are, it's Trump! It's Trump! And Chappelle goes, wrong! It's you! It's audiences in 2019. And, uh, you know... They all kind of like nervously laugh, but yeah, that was one of the other things that like a lot of these critics, uh, you know, I got annoyed by in the reviews. And I don't think Chappelle was so much calling out like actual comedy audiences as he was specifically like, you know, giving the middle finger to uh, all these comedy reviewers who are going after comedians, you know, like Chappelle. And like Louis C.K., you know, and probably, you know, the reviews for Bill Burr's special haven't been, like, as negative from the press. I think that's partially because they know now, like, you know, that there's going to be, like, a huge backlash uh, from, you know, the public, you know, towards the media now, which is... Which is good. Bottom line with Chappelle's special is Dave Chappelle is the hero that we don't deserve, but that we need in 2019 for the culture war. And he is not even even a conservative, but I I want to, you know, I want to get beyond that too, because like that's my other point here. You don't even have to be a conservative anymore or, you know, even necessarily like all that political to recognize that, you know, hey, this, uh, you know, politically correct, uh, you know, stuff is going way too fucking far. Even comedians, you know, who are like liberal, like Chappelle. Uh, like Louis C.K., uh, you know, like Bill Burr, who, you know, as far as I know, Bill Burr is, you know, like, I know that he's a liberal on some stuff, and, you know, like, he's more conservative. I mean, basically, Bill Burr is an independent. I'll get to, you know, Bill here in a, in a sec. But the the reaction... Uh, from the media to, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle's comedy special, the reaction from the 
press and from the uh, SJWs out there is basically, you know, proof and reaffirming why so many people voted for Trump, including myself. It wasn't so much that we thought that Trump was the most, like, qualified guy in the world, you know, politically. He might not have been, but as I've said before, and I'll say again, Trump's election was basically like a middle finger to the, uh, you know, to the politically correct, uh, you know, BS that wasn't affecting our country and, you know, all throughout Obama's presidency, basically. You know, Obama promised to unify the country. We, we were all told that things wouldn't get uh, better cult- culturally, um, you know, and that Obama would be the great savior of American society. And I'm not saying that it's all Obama's fault. I mean, I don't think he was that good of a president. Most of you guys know my, you know, opinion on Obama's presidency. But, you know, ultimately, I think that the culture war and whatnot, it got it got way worse. The left, uh, you know, started pushing for way more stuff. Like, okay... We gave you guys gay marriage, like, and I was apolitical on that, like, I was kind of like, good, get the government out of that, I don't care, but then it became, like, this whole thing, you know, where then they wanted, you know, transgender bathrooms, and, you know, then Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner, and we were all supposed to immediately accept her, you know, and, like, People who were even accidentally still calling it Bruce were getting, you know, crucified. You know, and then we couldn't call illegal immigrants illegal immigrants. We had to call them, you know, like undocumented citizens. And, you know, like, and then, you know, there were somewhere along the line, Facebook added like, you know, 50,000 fucking, you know, gender identities and. Schools, you know, started teaching like what all of these 50,000 gender identities were, and it just became like a you know, a nut house. And uh, America said, Enough is enough. You know, Trump came out and said, I don't have time for this politically correct bullshit. And uh, America, like, even the people who weren't fully for Trump in the beginning, like myself, you know, I was more of like a, kind of like a mainstream, you know, I guess like neocon at that point. And I mean, that's the other thing, like like the conservatives weren't really, the Republican party, like the mainstream Republican party wasn't doing anything. Like they were just interested in their foreign wars and their, uh, you know, and their, you know, big corporate sponsors and, and whatnot. You know, so they didn't care. Trump Trump pissed off both establishment parties. So, like, a bunch of people, including myself, just went, you know, fuck it, we're going to give, you know, we're going to give Trump the, uh, you know, the pop culture icon, you know, a, a chance. If the left wants to make Obama into a culture icon, well, then fuck it. We'll actually, we'll actually elect, like, a real 
pop culture icon, and that's what we did. And, uh, you know, the left, they couldn't believe it. Trump, by my estimation, has actually done a pretty damn good job, so to speak. And I would also like to point out that, like, a lot of people, including some members of this listening audience, were, uh, you know, worried that, like, because he had John Bolton in, that we were going to go to war with Iran, and, you know, that, like, this country was going to become, like, a big war hawk thing again. Well, Bolton's gone. So, you know, Trump is still good in my book. But let me just tell you, like... You know, I've had, like, worries that Trump wasn't going to, you know, win again in, in 2020. But let me just tell you, like, the overreaction from the left over even, you know, comedians now, like Dave Chappelle and uh, Bill Burr and Louis C.K. in that leaked set, like, making fun of their, you know, ridiculousness and the fact that they can't handle it. It's going to get Trump reelected. Like, what they don't understand is because they're not acting rationally, like, people are just going to continue pushing back against that, you know, whole thing. And, and I'm, I'm really curious uh, to know now, too. Like, I've done a couple of appearances now. Uh, I was on Robbie Robertson's Out of the Blank podcast, and uh, shout out to Robbie if, if you're listening to this. To this, Robbie's a great, uh, Robbie's a great interviewer. He is, and uh, you know, like a lot of my podcasts, he doesn't really interview people; he just has a conversation. I I love that about Robbie, and you know, I've done the same thing for years on my podcast with my guests as well, where I just converse with them. You know, and I, I hope that Robbie's received, uh, you know, good feedback from other people on my podcast. I certainly think he did a good job on my podcast, and I've listened to a few of the other podcasts that he's done, you know, since he's had me. And, and they're all great, and I don't, you know, like, they're not all political, and granted, like, you know, some of the guests might be into different things than I am, but they're great, and he's great. I hope Robbie hasn't received uh, too, you know, much backlash from in, from interviewing me. But even if he if he does, well, Robbie, I I apologize. But you know, if you do ever get backlash, well, then you know, I guess just uh, you know, take what you know about me and you know, judge for your. For yourself, I mean, you guys talked to the real me for an hour and a half, so, and uh, you know, I'm not that bad of a guy. I'm not a bad guy at all. I'm a, I'm a nice guy. I think, you know, like, basically, I'm just, you know, like I wouldn't even say I'm a libertarian. I, I certainly am like a con, I am a conservatarian. It, uh, and I know I've done a whole episode on, you know, conservatarianism. That's how I still identify. Like, I'm a guy who's a conservative on, you know, like lots of issues like in my own life when it comes to, you know, gay marriage and like marijuana legalization. Like I'm, you know, if you want to get 
if you're gay and you want to get married, that's fine by me. If you want to smoke pot, like, that's fine by me. Just don't, like, try and, you know, force it on anyone else. And, you know, don't think that people who have, like, more objections, like, they're not horrible either. That's just not their thing. You know, and, like, I, I think that is the one thing where, like, stand-up comedians, and this is particularly the case with, like, you know, Dave Chappelle, he was making fun of, uh, you know, how, like, there was a, how now the uh, drug war and the drug ap- epidemic has switched to, like, you know, to white people. Uh, you know, with, like, opiates. And he was making fun of that a little bit. And, you know, how, like, oh, white people didn't care about the drug war, you know, back in the 80s when it was happening to black people. But now that now it's opiates. Now it's a drug crisis. You know, like, obviously he wasn't making fun of, like, actual, you know, drug addicts. But he was, you know, poking fun at, like, the drug war. And, uh, you know, like, same thing with, like, the Michael Jackson. Like, he wasn't seriously advocating for, like, child pedophilia. He was just, you know, making fun of and, you know, making commentary on how, you know, Michael Jackson's not around anymore. And, you know, now everyone is still, like, you know, going on about his, what he may or may not have done. So... You know, comedy is going to be be what saves America uh, in the uh, in the long run. It, it's not going to be politicians or uh, you know uh, political commentators that save us from the clown world. It's going to be stand-up comedians. It's going to be laughter. Um, you know that ironically restores sanity to all this and you know I've thought about um you know I've considered doing stand up or I guess sit down comedy a few times uh I mean I'm good at appreciating jokes I'm good at doing like comedy podcasts kind of like this but you know I'm not good at doing jokes on my feet so You know, I'm just going to stick with the podcast format for now. But I really admire anyone who, you know, does get into stand-up and who is really funny. I think that's uh, good. You know, as far as Bill Burr's special goes, I mean, his his special wasn't as good as uh, Chappelle's. Chappelle's special is... uh, you know, that's got to be, like, best stand-up of the year. But I will say that uh, Burr did a bit on feminism, like, at the beginning of this uh, new special that he just released this week. Uh, Paper Tiger, that was uh, pr- that was pretty damn good, if I, if I say so myself. I mean, he made fun of himself more than any, any uh, thing. And, uh, it was pretty good. So, um, you know, I would, I would highly recommend checking out, uh, 
both those specials. I don't know. My my only complaint about Bill Burr, and it's not even Bill Burr, is uh, Bill Burr's wife. I mean, look, I I get it. She's entitled. She's entitled to his opinion, and uh, he's entitled. He's entitled to to uh, his, but. Every time she comes on the podcast, which isn't a lot now that they've had a kid, she just always seems, like, angry about something. And not, like, funny angry like Bill is, but, like, legitimately angry. Like, I remember one time, one time, uh, you know, she came on to the podcast and uh, was just complaining how... There's nothing but, like, white people on Game of Thrones and how, like, it's a white person's show. And she just seemed, like, really bitter about it. You know, like, despite the fact that, like, there are a whole bunch of YouTubers out there, like the Black Nerd, who, you know, also review Game of Thrones and they they watched it, you know, too, when it was on. I don't know. Uh, You know... But like as far as Bill as far as Bill himself goes in his new special, it's uh definitely worth checking out. So Um And uh anyway, all I can say in regards to the uh comedy specials out there is uh I'm just looking forward right now to the day when uh Louis C. K comes out of retirement and, uh, you know, we're out of his exile and, you know, produces another special. I'm actually kind of waiting for that one. That's that's the one that I really want to, uh, you know, that I really want to see just because I, I want to see how many, uh, you know, SJW heads um, explode. Um you know, once Louis comes back onto to the scene, I mean, I've said for for years, I, I'm a I'm a fan of Louis personally. I think, uh, you know, in terms of like who's performing today, he's probably my favorite. I, and it's not like even really a lot of his jokes, although like the the fag joke that he does is uh you know is uh pretty great, but. What I admire about Louis the most is just, like, his cinematography and the way he shoots uh, specials and whatnot. And the fact that, like, a lot of his specials are independently made and independently sold and, uh, you know, shot. And when he was doing his TV show on uh, FX, like, I remember, uh, you know, like listening to interviews with him, like, on Sears or whatever, and he would say that, like, yeah, I edit all the episodes, like, on my MacBook Pro for, you know, the Louis show on FX, and that's what we do. And, you know, as someone who's, like, interested in, like, write in, like, screenwriting a little bit myself and, like, film editing a little bit myself, like, a lot of you know I'm into the... Like, I haven't done an independent film, but you guys know I'm a film buff, and, like, I've written some kind of screenplays and short stories of my own. Like, all that stuff fascinates me. So, 
I admire, you know, when someone like a Louis is willing to do that. And, you know, the like the Louis Sean FX is brilliant. And, uh, you know, live, live at the Beacon Theater, which is one of his specials, is a great special. So, um, you know, and his... Louis' website is down right now. Uh, and uh, last I saw... He was uh, planning on coming back, so uh, we'll see if 2020 makes the return of uh, Mr. Louis C.K. I, I hope it does. I would be shocked if he does anything this year, but uh, you know who knows? He could come out with something, you know, in November, December, maybe, probably not. But hopefully. 2020 is the year of Louis' return, and then we'll really see the, uh, you know, the feminist and the, the new left's head explode. But, um, anywho. So, yeah, in, uh, in, in conclusion with kind of that whole segment, uh, comedy and stand-up comedy is going to save America, folks, from the, the craziness that we've kind of descended in, too. And uh, I love it. I think it's great. And uh, I just think we need more of it. So, uh, yeah, big round of applause for our stand-up comedians. Yeah, let's let's hear it, shall we? Let's hear it for the stand-up comedians again. So, yeah, yeah, we love our comedians. So, uh, anywho, uh, yeah, I'm playing with a new app where I can play sound effects while I'm recording. So, pretty cool. Also does all the equalization and whatnot automatically, supposedly. So that's cool as well. But what else do I have on the docket? Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I've gotten a couple comments, uh, you know, like, Sam, why don't you do political stuff as much anymore? You You haven't been... Uh, diving into current events as much. And, uh, you know, let me just say, like, I guess, I don't know, like, I haven't lost interest in politics. But, uh, you know, the culture war has always kind of been, been like, my baby, uh, to a certain extent, and, like, pop culture stuff. And, uh, like, I don't know, I just have a better time, like, ad-libbing and, uh, you know, whatnot, and, like, what my favorite comedy specials are, like this, and, uh, you know, talking, like, movies and music and whatnot, and, uh, you know, stuff like that, so, um, I'm still gonna, like, do politics, obviously, but right now, the, I don't know, the primaries seem to bore me, and there are a million political podcasts out there, um, you know, that are very good, mostly like, um, you know, as I recommended before, the I, I on 2020 from my friend, uh, Ray Eaton, 
Keaton. Like, he covers the political stuff every day, you know, and whatnot. Like, Ray is how I used to be when it, like, you know, early on. Like, he's just diving into the political stuff. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I've just got kind of gotten jaded from, like, focusing on it, you know, like, 24-7. So, like, I still do pay attention to it. I'll still bring it up. But I don't, you know, I don't need to read news headlines every single podcast. Uh, you know, like, over the past year, like, I've just kind of found that I've found my groove. And, you know, sometimes that means... I'll talk politics, sometimes that means I'll talk pop culture, sometimes that means I'll have, like, an interview with, you know, a guy like Robbie or, you know, like, Sean, Alex, and, uh, you know, Phil from Verse Media, where we just, you know, shoot the shit for two and a, you know, and a half hours on various topics. So, you know, nothing has really changed in terms of, like, what the podcast is, uh, except for the fact that I decided to move, uh, the podcast category on, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts from politics to, uh, comedy interviews. Why? Uh, because this isn't really like a comedy show per se, but like, you know, neither is Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast isn't really like, like a comedy podcast and, he kind of just encompasses everything now, and that's kind of what the Connie category has become on, you know, Apple Podcasts. So, I don't know. I just kind of changed the category. Uh, supposedly, you're supposed to be able to add, like, up to three categories now for podcasts in the new iTunes settings. So, I don't know. Uh, that may be, you know, a thing... But, uh, you know, just letting you folks know that, uh, you know, the days of this podcast being strictly political, you know, 100% of the time are over. Uh, I'm just going to do me and, you know, doing whatever I feel hits my fans because it's my podcast and, you know, a lot of you have been. Uh, super, super supportive, so again, I want to thank you a million, and, uh, you know, don't worry, I'll be covering a bunch of stuff once 2020 hits, so, you know, like, I'm not retiring, I'm not retiring from the, you know, from the political game at all, uh, the way I see it, I'm expanding my horizons, more or less, but, uh, one more thing I want to kind of jump into, uh, here kind of at the end of the program, speaking of uh, outrage culture and whatnot, uh, Taylor Swift fan, Taylor Swift fans, uh, Taylor Swift fans have always annoyed me uh, to no end, and I will admit that I might have a uh, bit of a biased reason for that. Uh, because one of my ex-girlfriends, uh, from high school was, like, a crazy, obsessed, uh, Taylor Swift fan, to the point where, like, she would write on, like, Taylor's Facebook fan page in high school, like, saying things like, oh my god, Taylor, you and I are, like, sisters, 
And, you know, like, I just really, like, it, like if, had, if it had been a guy writing that stuff, like, it would have been considered, like, creepy stalker territory. But because it was, like, a super chick, you know, fan type of thing, you know, I, I, I don't know, like, I guess, you know, like, every chick was doing that sort of thing with Taylor Swift when I was in, in high school and, I mean, I I don't know. She's she's decent looking, but um, you know her her music is you know it's well it just it never it never really captured my interest. I I it's not like it's not horrible. I've certainly heard like you know, like, horrible music, but it's just never really hit my taste. Um, on the other hand, I recently did discover the, uh, the band Tool, uh, once they released their discography on streaming and, uh, on iTunes, and, uh, I had always heard about Tool, like, for years when I was growing up, but had never listened to their music, and, uh, like it took me a few weeks to get into them, but now I'm I'm a fan, and I've always been a fan of like rock and you know like prog rock in particular. I've the one thing I will say is I like I've never been like a huge heavy metal fan, and granted, like that was that's the one thing that like Tool has kind of been like classified under like general categories as metal. But, like, honestly, they're more of, like, a prog rock, you know, like, metal group. So, like, I've, I went from, like, not knowing any of their stuff, like, a month ago, um, to now, like, like, I'm not going out and buying a t-shirt, but, like, I actually went out and, like, aside from just streaming, I actually, like, bought their, uh, you know, MP3 albums off of, uh, you know, iTunes. Well, Sam, why did you do that when you could have just continued streaming them? Uh, I just like, when I really like an artist, like, and when I really, really like an artist and I know they could benefit from, you know, like, my money, I, I still like to throw them a couple bucks. So, and granted, like, you know, it's $10 or whatever, but it's it's not that bad when you want to support your, like, favorite artists. And, like, it's cheaper than me spending, like, you know, $200 or whatever it is to go see one of their consults. So, one of their concerts, um, you know, so if I can support their discography, that's, you know, good. But the reason why I bring up Taylor Swift fans is, uh, you know, and I, I tweeted this out on Twitter the other night, too. Well, obviously, because where else would I have tweeted it? But, uh, anyway, uh, Maynard James Keenan, the, uh, the, uh, singer for Tool, uh, tweeted out, like, a meme the other night in which, like, he superimposed his own face on, uh, to Thanos, and, uh, he was... In the meme, it was him snapping his finger and Taylor Swift 
disappearing, just like the uh, you know Thanos did with the Infinity Gauntlet, and like in the meme, Taylor Swift is going like, "Oh no, Mr. Keenan, like I'm disappearing. Please don't make me disappear," you know, or something like that. Like it was just meant as like a simple satire joke and uh, whatnot. And yet, all of these, like, super feminist, like, Taylor Swift fans, like, one of these nameless verified check marks on Twitter was like, Man of James Keenan, how dare you? You're promoting rape culture. Taylor Swift is a sexual assault survivor. Which... Uh, and, you know, how dare you? Maynard James Keenan is, you know, like, is, is, uh, oppressing Taylor Swift with his misogyny and whatnot. Uh, fortunately, like, most people, and they were like, alright, get out, get out of here, but, like, what's ridiculous is, like, a lot of the Taylor Swift fans were you know, were like falling suit, and it was it was a it was a fucking meme that uh, Keenan posted. But see, this is the this is the world we we live in now, where you just tweet like a meme. In the case of uh, Maynard James Keenan, and now you get uh, you know you get like fucking accused of uh, you know like misogyny or, you know, like, promoting rape culture, you know, or whatnot, which these days, according to the, you know, uber-feminists, everything is rape culture, you know, so at that point, like, not only was I already a fan of, you know, of Tool, but, like, that was the point where I, like, I went and downloaded Tool albums rather than just streaming them, I, you know, I went out and spent that money just to ensure for sure that Tool would stay in the charts. Fear Inoculum, folks, really is a great album. But Sam, you're a new fan. How could you say that? Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. As a new fan, like, Fear Inoculum is one of the best prog rock albums I've heard in quite a long time. And I'm I'm a fan of Rush and... uh, you know, I, I'm a big-time Rush fan. I'm a big-time King Crimson fan. I'm a big fan of, of The Police. You long-time listeners, you know. You guys know what I'm into. I've talked about it before on the podcast a little bit. But, you know, uh, like, Tool is now part of the, uh, you know, misogyny complex, according to these feminists, and we have to stop them. So, uh, you know... You know what that means, folks. Time to time to buy mo- more uh, Tool albums. And if you have the money, which I unfortunately don't because I'm, I'm a broke-ass college student, as I like to say, uh, you know, if you're so inclined and if you have the money, go see Tool in concert because they're just great. So, and, uh, you know, Taylor Swift is, is going to get uh, overtaken by... A group that actually has real musical talent. Uh, you know, I, I have to say, like, I'd heard of Danny Carey, but, like, and now I know what the hype is among drummers, too. He's fantastic. He, 
He is absolutely fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that will, uh, that'll do it for, uh, this week's episode of the Thursday podcast, and, uh, I will be back Saturday night, probably talking some election stuff, but, uh, anyway, folks, I want to thank you so very much for listening, thank you so much for supporting the podcast, as always, uh, just thank you to everyone who's subscribed and, uh, continued to support the show and gave us a positive review on iTunes and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It really helps out. So thank you from the bottom of my heart and I will see you guys on Saturday evening, 10 p.m. Eastern at youtube.com forward slash Dortfield Report. Until then, folks, uh, God bless, God save this great nation, God freedom legacy in that order, and I will see you on the next episode of the Whitfield Report. Hey there, folks. If you've made it this far to the end of the podcast, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the show. You are the ones that make it possible for me to uh, make an income from podcasting, and I greatly appreciate that just by listening to our show. You are helping us gain ad revenue. However, if you would really like to uh, help support the show, I encourage you to please donate to the podcast and become a supporter of the show you can head over to anchor.fm forward slash whitfield report and click the support this podcast button and uh, choose the amount that suits you to support the show or you can click the link in the show notes and it will directly uh, take you to that page if you can support the podcast i really really appreciate that Anything that you can do to uh, help out is greatly appreciated, even if you can't afford to uh, help financially support the podcast. I encourage you to please go on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and please leave this podcast a positive five-star review. That really helps us out here at the Whitfield Report. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode.